This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Some of the topics are addiction, fear, faith, self-compassion, relationships, codependency, emotional intelligence, and more. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. part of the energy of our source. This means that within us lies all the power we need to heal ourselves and to draw to us everything we desire. Our one failing, however, is that we don't believe we possess that power. All the doubts, fears, and negative programming we have accumulated over the years are blocking our way. We may realize this, but that doesn't make these obstacles go away. Whatever is holding us back, no digging into painful past memories, no expensive counseling can help. Healing symbols and glyphs can help you with great ease in the privacy of your own home. Dr. Jean Logan. This episode is about energy healing and the healing power of glyphs. And we'll be listening to Dr. Jean Logan, who is an earth ambassador, an ordained minister, has a doctorate in nutritional healing, and has extensive knowledge of many types of energy healing. As a conscious channel, Jean receives a language of light in the form of glyphs that are amazing powerhouses that can transform health, life, and well-being. She is the author of Unlocking the Power of Glyphs, Sacred Symbols of Light, Symbols of the Dawn, and Sacred Symbols Healing Cards. Her books are now in over 90 countries, with profits going to provide services to indigenous children. Her books are available through Amazon.com and her website, Here is the interview with Dr. Jean Logan. In your own words, who is Jean Logan? That's interesting. Uh, Well, I feel like I know I'm a star being. I was sent here to do a job. But that's an interesting question. I never really thought about it. 
I don't exactly know how to answer that. Uh, that, it, that that's really, I feel it's like taking a psychology test. <laughs> I'm definitely a star seed, and I was sent here for a very specific purpose. And so, on a, and I'm just just do my purpose. So I don't I don't know how to answer that. Who am? It's a good question. Maybe I had to sit down and talk to myself sometime. Say, who is Golden? <laughs> Um, what is your purpose here on Earth? My purpose is to bring in this language of light, which is really, which is glyphs, pictograms, some people could call them, and get them out into the world. And I know I, many years ago, I had no idea what my purpose is, but now I have no doubt because I just continue to move forward and create these glyphs and they very they've been very effective and I'm always given the money I need to do it and it's just been that's my purpose it really is and I also feel I've always drawn to the idea that I'm supposed to be helping children somehow so there's I have a lot of land here and in my mind I see a center for children here so I think that's basically my purpose and it, it, sometimes I think um, I'm married to my work I could not do anything but what I do. Please talk to me about healing glyphs. What are they and how do they work? The glyphs are like little pictograms, little pictures. Uh, glyphs in general are symbols that have meaning. They could be drawings on the caves in the southwest United States, or they could be a sign of any kind that uh, has meaning to it. And in my case, they are very simple little pictures. And the glyphs, as they are in the book, are about one and a half to two inches high. And they are empowered to do healing. Right. So how do we use them? We print them and then... No, I have them. I have books of them. I have three books of them. I have the... I collect them in what's called the Holy Ground Farm Glyph Gallery. And when I had a certain amount, I started with my first book. And each book has, uh, the first book has 30 of them. And each of the 30 has a header page and then a what's called a patch page, which has 16 of the smaller glyphs that are about inch and a half high. And you can use them in many ways. You can take a, you can cut them out, you can print them, and then you cut them out and you can put one on your solar plexus to heal for various things. You might take a half a page, which is eight of them, and put them under your feet at night in a loose little uh, footlet or booty at night, uh, or put them between your hands. Uh, I know I had the one I had uh, for Candida. I created one for Candida because I had Candida pretty bad. And I just took the whole page of 16 and I had it laying next to me in bed and when i woke up and that's when the body is most sensitive is when you first wake up i put that between my hands and i could feel the energy from the glyph going all the way up my arms and even into my brain it made me realize then the candida candida can be systemic and can even get into your brain and i realized that had been my case and i could feel it working in my head that was it was very startling <laughs> Right. That's amazing. So we choose one of them according to their healing power. 
Right. Well, when people get, uh, often they buy the whole set and they get the first book, which is mainly for emotional healing. I encourage people to start with the glyphs for emotional healing because that that is the basis of all illness is emotions. If you have a lot of fear and anger and resentment in you or sadness, that can make you very sick. And that is the basis of a lot of these illnesses. So if you could remove the fear and the anger and resentment and so forth, uh, it helps. This is the basic cause of disease. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me, Jean. Is there a um, healing glyph story that you want to share with us today? Oh, my goodness. I have so many. <laughs> But I'll tell you, the, the people often ask me, do you have to believe in them for them to work? And they work really well on animals. And that's animals, they don't believe anything. But on the other hand, they don't doubt. They have no skepticism. They have no ego. They're not. So there's nothing in the way. And with people, uh, they say, well, how long is it going to take? And why don't I feel anything? And, uh, you know, they. They put a lot of other emotions in the way, and that can prevent the best results. So my one of my favorite stories is just recently a woman contacted me. She had a two-year-old pit bull boxer mix who had seizures. And she said, uh, so she, we, she called me for a consultation, and so I advised her to use the glyphs for healing the damaged brain one for neurological healing, and one to remove vaccinations. Vaccinations are very toxic, and they depress the immune system. And so uh, she used all of those glyphs. Now, uh, the, my idea is to help people heal themselves or heal, heal, heal their loved ones, but she used all those glyphs on a surrogate. She said the dog had tremors so bad that she couldn't put them on the dog. So she put it on a surrogate. I think she used a teddy bear, and it, that was it. Immediately, the seizure stopped, and she waited two months to call me because she wanted to make sure. But she said also the tremor stopped, and she said it before she realized how she would lay like, oh, like the mother of a newborn baby, where you're half awake listening, because as soon as he was get restless and have tremors, she would go and massage him and stuff. But then she realized, It was gone. She was slept well and the dog slept well. But that's one of my favorite stories. So beliefs, they can get in the way, as you said. But also sometimes when we believe in something, it's more likely to happen, right? Like they have the placebo effect. Yeah, sometimes people will say they, they heard my talk, they get the books and they said, I knew right away it would work. I knew it would work. <laughs> yeah. Ways. Sometimes a positive attitude, they put their own intention and they can have a very positive experience. Right. Which is a great thing, but sometimes can be limiting too. Energy healing. So when and how did you become an energy healer? Actually, it goes back a while. We were, uh, my husband and I were watching something on television once and they had this a story about this group called Mahikari, and it was a Japanese healing group. And um, so we listened, and we thought, was this is interesting. So that we were in Atlanta at the time, and they had a center in Atlanta. So we went up there, and we they called Receiving the Light. And what it really was like, um, I don't know if you're familiar with pranic healing, 
it was giving light through your hands and working on people. And uh, they would say a, a prayer in Japanese. And this was our first introduction. At the time, I never knew anything about Reiki, any energy healing, nothing. And so this was a first, my first, our first exposure. And when we received the light, they would give it to at different spots on the body. And we, on the way home, he said, well, what do you think? How do you feel? I says, yeah, I feel very peaceful. He says, yeah, I do too. And so we thought that was very interesting. So we continued to go back there. Uh, he had just been laid off of work and he was very depressed. And so this was helping him a lot. So then one day he said, well, I've signed up to go to Kinshu. And I said, what is that? He says, that's where we learn how to give the light. We took this class. In uh, in that class, also they taught about reincarnation, which I did not I did not embrace before. And so we went to this class, and you gave the light, and and you were given this like it's a locket they called it omitama, and it was very sacred, and you could only give the light if you had this. Even though a lot of red flags went up, we went ahead and joined. And we stayed with it for three years. But I'm glad we did, even though it's a lot of people said, oh, how could you believe in that stuff? Well, everybody has a path. And that was part of our path. There were things there that I I still use that prayer to chant in Japanese. I use that when I, I empower the glyphs because it's a good prayer and it, it douses very highly. And when we went to Japan, we they went to a Yoko farm, which is a, a spiritual garden. And, and that was one of the things we learned. We set it over the garden at nine o'clock every morning. And they had the most fantastic plants. Uh, I, there's no doubt that spiritual gardening can be very powerful. That's it. It stopped. The flow stops. And I think that made me a little uneasy. You mentioned before the foundation for physical diseases is emotions. Would you say that fear is one of the um, emotions that affects um, our bodies the most in a negative way? Uh, I think there's two big ones. I would say fear and resentment or anger. Uh, there's a saying that if you um, if you resent somebody, that's like taking poison and expecting the other person to die. So resentment is another big one. Fear, either one of them. Fear is a real showstopper. It can make you totally immobile. So both of those, I'd have to say they're equally disabling. You talk about nutritional healing. What is nutritional healing, Jane? That's just eating the right foods that the body needs. And it, it can be a science because everybody's different and needs different things. But it's basically uh, getting people off. Uh, we have a, a miserable diet here in the United States. Uh, we eat too much junk food and fast food and food that has no nutrition in. So nutritional healing is eating food that has the nutrition in. Like myself, I tell people that there's very little of any value in the grocery store. That is really a misnomer, the groceries. I buy 90% or 80% of my food at the tailgate where the growers come, where they grow local organic food. Are you a vegetarian? Do you think being a vegan or vegetarian, we would then be more in alignment with this um, nutritional healing? The eating sentient beings. 
is not really in harmony. But people have to do, I don't tell people what they should do because when they're ready, they will know. But myself, I was told that I should stop eating animals and that we were not really designed to eat animals. And so it's been a difficult thing for me because I was raised where, you know, your mother made dinner and there was a piece of uh, some, some type of meat and then the rest of the meal was around the meat. And I had to get used to that idea that there wasn't this centerpiece that was the meat. And so it's it's still been a challenge when I go out somewhere. If I And if I go, let's say I go to a gathering and I'm handed a bowl of chili and that's all there is, then I would eat the chili. But I'm not a fanatic about it. But I never buy meat. I don't bring it in the house. I don't, uh, I, I don't wouldn't cook it for somebody else. Uh, if I ever met a man who wanted to get to know me better, he'd have to eat meat somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> right. But I'm not a vegan. I, I do drink, I get goat milk that I make kefir. And uh, I, I think that um, there's nothing wrong with eggs either. Um, yeah, I tried to become a vegetarian many times, like I was for about five years straight. For some reason, I felt like it was I was doing to be spiritual, or to have that label. Oh, you know, righteous, spiritual, and this and that. And then um, I just realized that whatever we are trying to express here that is divine, that is light, it will use all channels. It cannot be stopped with that type of energy. Beings of light, can you... Talk to me more about it. Like, how would you describe a being of light? You mean when if I call in beings of light, when I empower them? Is that what you mean? Yes. When I when I empower them, uh, I call in Jesus, Mary, uh, Buddha, uh, all the archangels, and uh, so forth. But I also use a CD sometimes, uh, which has the names of all the sacred names. Uh, but it's 12 minutes long, so I don't know that it's, it's, if I have people who are doing it with me, that may be a little long for them. But that's what I call beings of light, is the ascended masters and so forth. Yeah. Have you met one in your lifetime, like in person? In, you mean in physical form? Yes, physical form, yes, yep. No, but I talk to them, but I, I'm a channel, so I talk to them uh, and I get answers. When I talk to them, I get answers. And when I talk to source, I get answers. And some people say, well, how do you know that's where it's coming from? But sometimes, but often they are using a vocabulary that is not one I use. And there's times I even have to go to the dictionary and look up a word I'm given to make sure I understand what exactly it means. So uh, if I were talking to myself, I certainly wouldn't use any word that I didn't, <laughs> didn't know what it meant. Um, you wrote, we are all a part of the energy of our source. This means that within us lies all the power we need to heal ourselves and to draw to us everything we desire. I have three questions for you. Uh, the first one is uh, based on this passage. What is the source? Source, I guess some people would call it God. I call it when I'm addressing or when I call in 
uh, I use the word prime creator. So that to me, source is a prime creator, or uh, I don't like to use the word God. Uh, why not? Well, because there were many gods uh, or beings who called themselves gods. And so God is kind of a generalization it too often. I, I just, I want, I want to talk to the one in charge, you know, I want to talk to the boss here, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, why do you think so many people believe in the personal God? A personal God? Well, we, we, God was within us. We, we're, what do you mean by personal God? You mean we are, that we are God? Religious people believe in a God that answers p- prayers, that are always taking care of them. And... That's separate, that like, like uh, I hate to use the word, like an old man in the sky. <laughs> yeah, like a father, right? Yeah, many people uh, uh, have uh, the idea that God is up there. But I, I can remember something I read years ago. I was reading a book called Power of Prayer Over Plants, where they tested different prayers on plant seeds. And so they tested some with a group of people that believed God was outside of them and the others that God was inside of them. And they said the results were the same. So I found that interesting. So it doesn't matter to God whether you think he's up there or in here. Yeah, yeah. Um in order to heal ourselves with the power within, do we need to practice the glyphs healing method, or are there any other methods that you would recommend? Well, the glyphs are stepping stones for people who really need a lot of help in removing. We all have the power, and we could heal ourselves, but so many of us are completely unable to even, to believe that. We're not ready for that. We Some people are really in need of a lot of help. And so the glyphs uh, start with that, where it helps them. And the same thing when the second book, where it's to healing different parts of the body. If they have the, uh, a problem with their heart or their eyes and so forth, the glyphs are programmed to heal that. And the, the glyphs get their power from the central sun. And the central sun gives them an electrical impulse. And that electrical impulse stays with the glyph as long as it exists. Right. Hmm. So even after making a lot of copies of that, those glyphs, they still hold that um, the power from this healing power? Yes. They, they hold that power. And what I tell people to do is when they're finished, when they're yeah, they using them, they should tear them in half and throw them away because that deactivates the power. Oh, I see. So every time they they used to heal, we should just throw them away. Okay. If, well, I I keep them if they're usable, and I like I keep a, a folder which I have the pages. When you print it out, you print out a page that has sixteen glyphs in, and maybe you just need you use one. So then. You just save that page that has the rest of them. And if I have one, and sometimes I buy a really high quality paper that they last a long time. And so then I have like a little fishing tackle box and I put the ones that are still usable in there. Because oftentimes I'm called on by people to heal someone using a surrogate. And so when I use a surrogate, I may use four or five different glyphs and I can just pick them out of the little, my container there. Yeah. That sounds so interesting. The third question about that um, passage 
is about desire. So attracting the things we desire. So my, my question is, what if what we desire is not what we need, really, or it's not something that's of benefit of others and to earth? Well, we can often attract things that we don't want. Uh, if we focus, just like fear can do that to us. If you, you can attract what you fear. It's not like somebody's up there making a decision. Well, should we give this to her or not? And uh, it's just that you like are continually afraid somebody will break into your house. Then you are attracting that. Or if you're afraid of having an automobile accident, then you are attracting that. That's why you take the glyph for fear and you use the glyph for fear and, and see yourself as safe and protected. But you can uh, easily attract the wrong thing, but you're doing the attracting. We all create our own reality. Yeah, That makes sense. And also it's a concern for me about, you know, using that energy. So some people might use that to create, let's say, I don't know, some manipulative systems, you know, to become creative enough where they come up with something that is just harmful to others. Well, if it's harmful, uh, we really haven't as much effect on others. Uh, like if we wish somebody would, uh, something bad would happen to someone, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to, that doesn't mean it works. It certainly is not putting out good energy and it may, it's, you affect the other person by your negative energy, but maybe not the way if you don't, if you wish somebody would drop dead, um, that's not going to work. I mean, it, the negative energy is going out there, but um, if you wish something bad for someone else, it seems like you're opening yourself up that something bad will happen to you. Maybe not dropping dead, but um, but something uh, something bad could, uh, you know, is kind of karma, although karma is kind of, no longer as relevant as it was before. Oh, why not, Jane? Because we have the ability to release all our karma. If we, we with sincerity, we can release all our karma. Right. Hmm. What is karma? Well, it's kind of like, um, uh, as you sow, shall, you shall reap. Whatever you put out there, like if you go and steal something from your neighbor's house, then maybe um, someone will steal from your house. Or, you know, that's just a, a simple explanation that you bring back to yourself what you've done to someone else. And you can still, that can still happen, but the kind of karma that you can release is something that, um, oh, maybe years ago, maybe in another lifetime, you did something that you can release that. That does not affect you, but you can still create, like I say, what you sow, you reap. If you do something unkind and ugly, it, it comes back to you. Yeah. And that's so true. Sometimes not even the form and the physical form, but sometimes emotionally. We, we, right? I feel like immediately if I have any thought that is not in alignment with the connection, that's union, that's trying to unite and create something that will bring us together, then I don't feel right. And then I suffer because of that second of thought that I had. So that's kind of interesting. I know I I had a, 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 a that instance where I thought something very negative and it came to me in a dream. The fact that, you know, 
and right away I thought, oh, I know what that <laughs> meant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Aware enough, right, to know. Yeah, right. I better straighten up here. Yeah. What do you think about the healing practices of acceptance and gratitude? Oh, gratitude is so important. Uh, the more grateful you are for something, the more you have some something good things come to you. Uh, and acceptance is it like not everything is always going to happen that great. I mean, if your car breaks down, uh, then you just accept that. You don't get angry. You don't get angry at the car. You just say, okay, I need to get the car fixed. And that helps me a lot. I don't get angry at any, uh, you know, I just, I'm taking care of um, my son's dog right now. And she just had a, she wet in a, in, on the stairs in the house. And um, I just thought, well, I'm not sure what the problem is, but I can't get angry at her. I'm not going to um, scold her. And, uh, you know, she's an older dog. So I just accept that. And and then I put a, a barricade up so she <laughs> won't go. <laughs> right. That's beautiful. Yeah, I like that. Um, coming to the end of the interview, do you want to add anything about the topic that we have been talking about? Well, my whole my goal is to help people empower themselves. And when they're carrying a lot of, especially the emotional baggage, they feel so disempowered. And so the more that they can release that, it's like releasing the layers of an onion. We all have such power and we need to believe in our power. And if we can let go of what's holding us back, we can really be who we came here to be. I wish, uh, I do wish everyone to, to be able to come into their power and be what they came here to be. And I send my blessings to all and my love to all. Yeah, I appreciate that. What is your definition of spirituality? Always seeking the higher light, being uh, removing from yourself all that is not love. I would say that. Right. What is another word for healing? Balance, retaining the illnesses caused by an imbalance. When you're healing, you could bring yourself back into balance. How do you define love? Love, well, in our country, that has very many definitions. But to me, love is total acceptance and total respect and total reverence. Describe life in one word. Purpose. The energy that goes through us is life. I would have to say the energy that goes through us, the life force. What was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself, others, and life? I guess years ago it was that I create my reality. And like when I was years ago, I was married to an alcoholic and I always felt life would be better if he would quit drinking. You know, then everything would be okay. And then now I, when I went to Al-Anon, they said, they all, I, I said that if you'd only quit drinking and they laughed and they said, the problem is not him, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. And that was, was a hard thing to accept, right? To see. Right. Mm -hmm. How do you define success? It's interesting. I, I feel, you know, that's interesting because I really feel very successful when People are helped uh, every time I get a, a beautiful email and these people have such great results. I feel like a success. I've never felt like anything other uh, since I've worked with the glyphs and people are using them. It's a good question because it makes me remind myself. Sometimes like everybody gets down once in a while, but maybe I need to remind myself that 
of all these people that are writing and are having such great results, it's a success. I don't have to ever doubt that I'm a success, although I, it's, I don't think of it as an ego thing. Right. What is to be true to yourself? To love myself more and to be kind to myself. That's a good question, too, because uh, so often I was told once, uh, get rid of your clothes that have holes in because it makes you feel poor. And, and I was told, you know, you, treat yourself like a queen. If I don't, I'm not being fair to myself and I need honor myself. And we all should, being good to myself. In the morning, I have a cup of tea and a piece of chocolate, and that's when I'm being good to myself. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds good to me. (laughs) Very good. Um, If you knew you would die soon, I mean, lose the body, would you change anything about your life? Do anything differently? No. I feel very confident that, I mean, I've been told I will be able to stay here as long as I choose to stay here uh, to accomplish what I came for. But if I if I found I was going to die tomorrow, then I'd think, well, the kids are just going to have to clean up the house. And so. <laughs> That's so practical. <laughs> right. Um, what kind of life do you believe exists uh, beyond this life? Well, I see us moving into a higher dimension where we all, when life will be easier and we will have manifestations that are quite rapid that for the things that we want to have. So I just see it as an actuality. That's the way it's going to be is life will get better. Will it happen in, uh, you know, how many years, five years, 10 years, 20 years? Uh, I could not say, but I just keep going forward. Uh, You can only live one day at a time and you only can live in the now. True. Yep. What are three things about life you know for sure? Three things about life I know for sure. Well, that's one of them. You can only live in the now. That would be one of them. I know I will always have anything I need to accomplish what I came here for. And let's see, what do I know for sure? I don't know. I can't think of a third one right off offhand. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to focus on that for a while. <laughs> sure. Please email me with the third one. <laughs> it's always nice to know, though. I do always. I will always have the money I need, which is a, a great feeling. And I will always have the help I need. Uh, the people come into my life to do the things that I need help with. And the money is always there. If I need to have money to get uh, 2,000 books printed, the money is there. When I built my chapel, the money was always there. And I didn't even know where it was coming from. I just kept paying the bills and it was always there. Wow. That is, uh, I don't have words for that. Yeah, uh, I understand what you say. It has been a peaceful conversation. Thank you so much, Jean. Well, thank you, Valeria. I have enjoyed it very much. I'm, I, couldn't, I couldn't do the prayer right away. That's so. <laughs> okay. Next time, right, we'll talk again. Um, where can we find more information about you, your books and projects? Okay, my website is Dr. Jean Logan. That's D R J E A N L O G A N dot com. And I've completed three books. I'm working on the fourth. I'm three books uh, Unlocking the Power of Glyphs, Sacred Symbols of Light, and Symbols of the Dawn. And they are, and also Sacred Symbols Healing Cards. And they are on my website and they're also on Amazon. Wonderful. Thank you so much again, Jean. Okay, thank you, Valeria. You have a blessed day. You too, thank you. <laughs> and all and all the people out there too. Yeah. 
and my blessings. Bye for now. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Jean Logan, please visit her website, drjeanlogan.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. I want to thank the Patreon members, Lawrence McGrath, Mark Basden, Terry Clayton, and Aidan Vickrock. Thank you again for listening, and bye for now. Thank you.